The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. This is Eastern Carolina's longest-running sports radio show. The Brian Bailey Show is on the air. The Brian Bailey Show is powered by Greenville Utilities and also brought to you by The Angus Grill, Bostic Sug, Bojangles, East Coast Grading, Gavigan Insurance, Greenville Auto World, Papa John's, Greenville Utility Company, Pepsi, The Rick House, Taft, Taft, and Hagler, and Tiebreakers. And now, here's Brian Bailey. Happy Monday, everybody. Not so happy in Pirate Nation right now, of course. East Carolina falling to 0-3 after the 43-28 loss to Appalachian State on Saturday up in Boone, North Carolina. Pirates now welcome Gardner-Webb to town coming up. 6 o'clock kickoff at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium this Saturday. So the chance to start the turnaround... It starts on Saturday for East Carolina. Tim Douse, the special teams coordinator, defensive end, and outside linebacker coach is our guest from his office over at East Carolina. We're going to dive back into the game against Appalachian State and then look ahead to Gardner-Webb coming up. Should be a great show. You're kicking off your football week right here. We're back with more after this. House is Eastern North Carolina's premier restaurant and bourbon authority. Jefferson's, Basil Hayden, Woodford Reserve, and a Midwinter Night's Dram are just a few of the incredible bourbon options. The Rick House features the very best steaks and fresh, made-from-scratch pastas. The Rick House can host your corporate event or special parties in the 3,000-square-foot banquet hall. Join the Rick House for Sunday brunch from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. and for the wine tastings on the last Friday of every month. The Rick House. The time to save is now during Bostic Sug Furniture's incredible Labor Day savings event. Low, low prices on in-stock furniture and mattresses ready for immediate delivery. Look for hot buy savings store-wide on Lazy Boy recliners, sofas, and sectionals. Experience your best sleep and save on a comfortable new mattress. Plus, get up to 60 months special financing. It's the biggest sale of the season with the lowest prices of the season. The Labor Day savings event on now at Bostic Sug Furniture. Any adventure, any task, any time. There's a Yamaha Utility ATV for any ride and any rider. See the full lineup at Ron Ayers Motorsports. Adventure seekers can start with the trail-tested capability and comfort of the Yamaha Grizzly line. And for the ultimate in midsize ATV performance, check out the Yamaha Kodiak 450. And for those who mix work and pleasure, the Yamaha Kodiak 700 line devours chores and leaves room for adventure. Find your ATV at Ron Ayers Motorsports, Highway 11 north of the airport in Greenville, or go to YamahaMotorsports.com. ATVs are recommended only by riders 16 years and older. ATVs can be hazardous to operate. Yamaha recommends an approved training course. For safety and training information, see your dealer at Ron Ayers Motorsports or call 1-800-887-2887. Take control of your health today with ArcPoint Labs. Are you a woman interested in your overall health? The ArcPoint Labs Women's Health Panel is a routine wellness check that tests hormone levels, thyroid function, cholesterol levels, complete blood count, and more. A simple blood test at ArcPoint Labs can provide some answers to why you're not feeling your best. Visit ArcPointLabs.com today or call 629-6228. ArcPoint Labs. 
Accurate, reliable, confidential testing. Visit artpointlabs.com. Nothing freshens up a space like a new coat of paint. And no one east of Raleigh makes painting easier than CertiPro. Residential or commercial, inside and outside, CertiPro is your dependable painting experts. CertiPro's concern is about getting your painting done right and making sure you're satisfied. Whether you have a large or small job, professional quality is what you will get. Let us come to your home or business and give you a free quote. CertiPro takes all the worry away from your painting project. Go to CertiPro.com and click on Clayton Green. That's C-E-R-T-A-P-R-O. CERTAPRO. This is Josh Gross, and you're listening to Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities. Working for our community, not for shareholders. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to our show on this Monday. East Carolina and Gardner-Webb coming up 6 o'clock at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Pirates trying to get that first win in the column coming up on Saturday. Tim Douse is the special teams coordinator, defensive end, and outside linebacker coach. So he's got a busy slate each and every Saturday for this Pirate football coaching staff. He's a good friend and nice enough to join us for a little while today to take a look back at the Appalachian State game and then get us ready for Gardner-Webb. Coach Douse, how are you? Good, Brian. Good to hear from you, man. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Trying to get along. Uh, let's go back to the App State game. Obviously, it's frustrating when you lose a game like that. There were so many big plays by the defense, by your special teams. Uh, it got away from East Carolina late. Um, it's almost like teams have to you know, learn how to win sometimes. And I think this team is at that stage right now where they're still trying to figure that thing out, aren't they? Well, you know, I, I think you'll see, and you've seen flashes, especially these last couple of weeks, but we've got a good football team in here. It, it just hasn't taken the field for four quarters yet. When you play the schedule we're playing, there's there's not margin for error. So, yes, yeah, certainly you have a point in saying learn how to win, and how about we, we just learn how to be the best version of ourselves on every single play. And there's a lot of wins in front of us for this football team. So one day at a time, I think it's coming together, not as fast as anybody wants, you know, no more than the guys, the coaches, and the players in this building. So uh, we're excited about what can happen and should be. Um, we got a great group of kids, so it, it's going to come together. That was my next question because a lot, you know, you can tell a lot about a football team and a football program with how a team comes back, how a team responds, you know, after a loss like that. Sunday night when you guys got with the, the squad, how were things? You know, I'll tell you, we said it during fall camp. Um, I get fortunate enough, I get to stand in front of the kids almost on a daily basis. And I've said several times my favorite part about this team is the team and just a great, great group of kids to be around. Um, you know, sometimes as adults, it's it's my best fix to get around them on a Sunday. This is two weeks in a row where it's one of those could have, should have Sundays. So um, they do a great job coming in here on Sunday and getting back to business. And, and now it's they want to be coached. You know, we've got to give it to them. And then now it's time to, for them to execute. So um, I'm not concerned about any type of hangover, things like that. What was the atmosphere like on Saturday in Boone? I was under the weather last week, couldn't make the trip, but I was really looking forward just to seeing the big crowd and, and playing in the mountains and that kind of thing. But what was that like? Yeah, that was new for me. I've been fortunate, been a lot of places, but Boone was not one I had been. So that was, um, it's a good college football experience. Um, you know, my family was fortunate enough to go, and I know they enjoyed the town, and that's a, a nice part of the state over there, a little different than over here as far as the geography goes. But, um, you know, a, a good college football place. They like their football just like our Pirates. I think those are two 
great fan bases, right? I mean, our Pirates traveled there unbelievably well, so that was great and comforting to see. Um, but, but it's a great place, and they get loud and rowdy and all those things. And, um, you know, we silenced them for quite a bit and then, you know, let them get right back into it. But uh, that's a good college football environment. And I think um, I think you got two very similar fan bases right there passionate about their, uh, their football programs. Let's take us to the second quarter now. You guys are back to punt, and the punt is down at the one-yard line. That's the way you coach it, right? <laughs> right, yeah. You draw them all up there, right, Brian? <laughs> no. I will say, you know, it's, it's fundamentals, it's details. It's something we do every Sunday night here. You know, we put the ball in one hash, move it to the other hash, and the punters take out their pitching wedges and go, you know, rep after rep, and the gunners, we condense it down there, and they practice on going down there and playing goalie, keeping it out of the end zone. Uh, and our kids came to execute it. And it turns out, you know, just like you draw it up, that's how you play team football. You know, we, we get them to, we call a pin punt inside the five. Um, and then they, I think it was three plays later, you know, we get to pick six for uh, Antoine Jackson. Great call and great execution by our defense. Yeah, you took it right out of my mouth as far as Antoine Jackson coming up with the big play. on the. And I don't think you can have an easier pick six, can you? <laughs> well, sometimes, you know, those defensive kids just catching it's half the battle. So, <laughs> by Antoine, a young kid who is showing us early on that the moment isn't too big for him. The, the idea of punting the football through the years in college football has changed so much in how teams punt. Talk a little bit about why you guys do it the way you do it. Sometimes you use, you know, Larson's in there, sometimes not. I mean, what, what are some of the things that, that you look for in punting the football? Well, you know, there's the I was going to talk about there's a correlation between the distance you punt the ball and how high or how excuse me how long it's in the air. So if you're going to punt it further, you better have the appropriate hang time to allow the the coverage guys to get down the football field. Um, there's true hang time where the ball is in the air, and then you could use what I used to call what I call effective hang time, where you know if Luke was in there, Archer's in there, and we roll out and punt the football. If it's rolling on the ground and they don't have it in their hand, well, that's effective hang time to me. It's allowing our kids to get down the football field. Uh, we do some things to try to keep the opponent you know, on their toes, and we do some things to make it best to give our kids a chance to execute their protection and get down the football field. So you know, Coach Tesh uh, heads up the punt team and does a tremendous job, and, and Luke had uh, one of his better days as a pirate punt in the football on Saturday, and I hope we can build on that. And Luke starts to collect Social Security what, next year? <laughs> Hell yeah, just got to get his U.S. <laughs> there you go. He's one of the oldest players, if not the oldest, in college football with Luke Larson. And it's great. I haven't talked to him lately, but well, what a great guy. Really, just a. Colorado State had a kick. Colorado State's kicker was 31 the other day, too. I saw that. Though. Ah. There you go. Well, And so in the huddle, when you're calling the punt, say you're punting it from your own 30, so the punter's back around, you know, the. 20 yard line somewhere around there you know how does that differentiate from when you're around midfield and, and how exactly is it called well i can't tell you all the secrets Brian, but <laughs> yeah. you, get closer, you get closer to that 50 yard line area depending on the weather and the wind and those type of things you know it, it's a field talking to that punter and what you prep with hey is this a deal if we let you full punt this are you going to put it in the end zone if you are you know we we just we tag a word on there to tell the kids Hey, we're gonna we're gonna use a chip shot here. Um, you know, you guys, gunners, you get down there and find the goal line and turn around. And the rest of you guys cover the return man if we were to miss hit upon. If we get out there in the open field, you know, our goal when you punt the football, we we say at a minimum 
we want to exchange 40 yards of field position. So whatever punt we decide is best for that week, excuse me, whether it's a traditional punt in the pocket or a rugby-style punt, we want to make sure that we can exchange 40 yards of field position at a minimum, and that's what, we're, that's what our protection and coverage is designed to do. What do you think the stats are, Coach, as far as rugby-style punting and traditional punting in the country? Well, it looks to me more and more in vogue because teams are making it more challenging as they go after your punts and things like that. Uh, just like a quarterback, if you will. If you stood that quarterback in the pocket and said he's never going to move, well, that's a lot more easy to sack that quarterback. But if you go back there and you change the launch point of this, the quarterback's throws, same thing with a punter. If you keep him in the pocket, we could have a good chance to block it. But if you show that you could roll one way or another, moving what we call his launch point, that makes things a little bit more stressful and a little bit more irritating to, to prepare for as you have your punt return unit. So um, I, I think it's becoming more and more in vogue. You see more and more. At minimum, I'd say 50-50, I guess. I, I didn't answer your question, Brian, but it, it's every week you're seeing people are able to move their punter. And then Antoine Jackson, as you said, took advantage of it with a pick six from eight yards out, scores the touchdown. Pirates in a dogfight, really, with this uh, uh, Appalachian State football team. Great, especially in the first half. I mean, back and forth, second half, third quarter started. Uh, and then you get another big defensive play when Siobhan Revel comes up with the fumble return. What were, what were you seeing from your vantage point when that happened? <laughs> I think I saw what everybody else saw well, next play. But the kids were right. Um, you watch it on film. Um, the ball gets knocked out. Siobhan sees it. People had were straight-legged, but Siobhan's pursuing to the ball like he's supposed to. And, again, that's a drill that we do every Wednesday around here with our offense and defense going against each other. You see, knock on wood, uh, we don't fumble much around here because we do drills against each other <clears throat> every Wednesday where we try to knock it out uh, and then recover it. And that was when it showed up and that Siobhan had his uh, – you know, knees bent, ready to go, and I was able to score one. That was a big one for us to get back in the football game. And I know it made Blake Harrell and all you guys in that defensive room happy with uh, with with those two defensive touchdowns. I mean, do you guys celebrate those in a different way when you get back or anything like that? Well, you know, we kind of have a balance. If the kids have some what we call low some lack of effort, um, we uh, we always remind them that they got to run the ball. We do a little reminder exercise on Sunday night. <laughs> Uh, last night was a little easier. They got, they scored, scored two touchdowns, so um, we erased those for the kids uh, last night. And that was very nice for them because uh, two defensive touchdowns for East Carolina in that 43-28 loss to Appalachian State. When you look at, at the, the second half of that game, when App State had a couple of big plays in that one, kind of like the Marshall game, it, it's just one of those things that kind of just snowballed all of a sudden, didn't it? Yeah, and I give App State credit for a lot of reasons. They're they're a good football program, and they're well coached. And if you make a mistake, you know that's what you see in college football. You you play a good football team, you make a mistake, they take advantage of it. Because you know there were some mistakes that we've got to fix here, and we talk about them daily basis, and we're coming up with more and more ways to make sure that we eliminate those mistakes. You know, late in the in the first half, we kick off, and um, they return it to about thirty six, thirty seven. But you know foolishly we had on a 15 yard penalty well now they're on the plus side of the 50 uh and they score a touchdown that drive and that's a lot that's a two minute draw on the plus side of the 50 for them that changes things a lot than when you're calling it from your own side of the 50 maybe they you know try to go to the locker room instead of whoa we got a chance to to get points on the board uh so we gotta do a smart job with that then they got the ball to start the second half and we uh foolishly you know unnecessarily get another 15 yard penalty um 
on the defense, the only defensive penalty there of the day, but it was a 15-yarder. Well, those are hard to overcome against a good football team. Um, so that, that kept the drive going for them. So, yeah, I give App credit for their scheme and their players. They do a nice job. Um, but we believe in here, in this building, in this locker room, you know, if the Pirates do what we're supposed to do, you know, uh, well, we, we've got a chance to have a really good football team moving forward. And I think in, in listening to Coach Houston and, and to you and some of the other assistant coaches, if the Pirates do what the Pirates should do, I mean, you guys should be looking at two and one right now, at least, and maybe even more competitive in the Michigan game. Although I didn't think the Michigan game was a blowout by any sense of the imagination. I think the Pirates were battling the entire day, but that was that was a different matchup because obviously the number two team in the country and the hundred nine thousand. But uh, the matchup with with Marshall and Appalachian State, I think when you looked at them both on paper, you knew that both teams were going to be difficult to beat. You know, Marshall at home or App State on the road. Uh, and and it's one of those situations I think you, you learn so much from what you're playing and what's happening in the games. And you've got to collect all that data and get all that information. And, you know, I know folks around town are frustrated, mad. You know, nobody's madder or more frustrated than Mike Houston or this East Carolina coaching staff. That's the thing that's always baffled me about the way fans react to losses because I think I think certain amount of fans think that you guys are just up there counting your checks from, from your money from the payment this past weekend you're not worried about the next game but this is a f- coaching staff that i'm sure is focused on nothing more than right now on this monday at 12 16 p.m of putting it to gardner webb six o'clock on saturday night at dowdy ficklin stadium yeah well said the veteran that you i mean you, you said it well brian I mean, thank you talk to the, well i mean come talk to the team it, it's well said because those those scores are in the rearview mirror but, but we do need to take the lessons from those first three ball games, you know, individually and collectively on each side of the football um, and move forward with them. And then, yeah, we play Gardner-Webb and, you know, but every week and coach says the same thing is that we all believe it from top to bottom around here. Let's make the Pirates better and let's prepare on a Sunday, prepare on a Monday like it is today, prepare on Tuesday uh, and then go cash in on Saturday. And we're going to keep growing and keep getting better because I do think there's a lot of positive things going on there. They just need to happen on a more consistent basis. How frustrating, though, has it been with the penalty situation? Because this is a program that prides itself on on discipline and and and, and staying the course. And th- those penalties, you know, like you said, there were a couple here, a couple there, but they're such big penalties, and they they just crush you know any chance you have to do anything. Yeah, they're frustrating. Um, and they're not signs of our program, right? Those are things you haven't seen around here. Um, and, and they're going to get fixed. They get addressed every day, and they are going to get fixed. Uh, and there's some penalties as a coach, okay, if uh, you're competing and they so chose to call you for pass interference one way or the other or something like that. So that's a little bit understandable. But it, it, it's the it's the foolish, it's the, 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 the uh, pre-snap penalties, it's the, you know, get caught in your own feelings and um, got aggression unnecessarily on somebody. You know, th- those are the things that, that are really, really frustrating, and those are the ones that either kill your drives on one side of the ball or keep the drive going on the other side of the ball. And, uh, and I can assure you, uh, measures are being taken to make sure those 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 behaviors get fixed. Yeah, I think that's the hardest part of, of losing a football game is because you have you know a team that's worked so hard since you know the end of last season and and into the spring and fall camp and then and so little things you can take solace with that hey we were able to do this and do that but the bottom line comes down to wins and losses and, and you guys know it the players know it and I think that uh, once you once you turn that thing around I think things get get positive in a, in a hurry can it. 
Yeah, it's just going to start snowballing the right way. I agree with you. Yep, they're coming to work with a great attitude like our kids and our staff does every single day. That That's the right way to get it going, and we're going to do that. Tim Dallas is our guest, special teams coordinator, defensive end, outside linebacker coach for the East Carolina Pirate football team. Coming up next, we're going to dive into Gardner-Webb. Gardner-Webb lost its conference opener to Tennessee State 27-25 on a 50-yard field goal. So we're going to get some uh, comments from Coach Dallas on the matchup. Six o'clock kick, ECU and Gardner-Webb this week. Back with more with Coach Dallas after this. Pirate Nation, this is Taylor from Fleet Feet, making sure you have the best and most comfortable shoes this tailgate season. Locally owned and operated by ECU alums Chris and Kendra Lunyon, Fleet Feet of Greenville provides solutions through one-on-one services to runners, walkers, and everyone in between. Fleet Feet has the tools and technology to get you in the right shoes, including a 3D foot scanner that measures arch height, width, and more. Come see us at 207 East Arlington Boulevard in the old Gordon's Golf and Ski location. Fleet Feet, we run for you. Take control of your health today with ArcPoint Labs. Looking to lose weight? Have you tried everything possible and nothing is working? Sometimes a hormone imbalance can be the underlying cause to weight issues that dieting and exercise can't fix alone. A simple blood test at ArcPoint Labs can provide insight to your weight loss goals. Visit ArcPointLabs.com today or call 629-6228 to get an appointment. ArcPoint Labs. Accurate, reliable, confidential testing. Visit artpointlabs.com. 360 Golf Carts is Pitt County's go-to shop for all things golf carts. They have easy-go, club car, and utility carts to choose from. Whether it's for the beach, riding around the neighborhood, or working in the yard, 360 Golf Carts has a perfect ride for you. If you have issues with your current cart, take it by the 360 shop for an expert's diagnosis. From parts to sales to service, 360 has you covered. They will even deliver right to you. Visit Brian Harris today on Highway 4. Just past D.H. Conley High School. 360 Golf Carts. Pirates supporting Pirates. I'm Donald Stocks, owner of Pip Marketing Science Print. We are your one-stop shop for just about anything printed. If we're not your go-to printer, please give us a call at 355-1636. We have over 80 five-star Google reviews and want you to be our next more than satisfied and well-pleased customer. Check us out at growitpip.com or stop in to see us at 3185 Mosley Drive in Greenville. Pip, where business goes to grow. This is CJ Mayhew, and you're listening to Pi Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities. Community-owned utilities mean local control, low rates, and high reliability. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to our show, kicking your football week off on this Monday. Well, there's still a cloudy outside, but it's going to be a fairly nice week, I guess, as we get you set for Pirate Football again, 6 o'clock kickoff. Gardner-Webb comes to town to take on East Carolina. Gardner-Webb lost to Appalachian State 45-24 in their opener. Gardner-Webb then beat Elon 34-27. As we said, going to break, Gardner-Webb knocked off Tennessee State 27. Uh, Gardner-Webb lost to Tennessee State 27-25 on that 50-yard field goal. So they come to town at 1-2 and two on the year. Coach Tim Dow, special teams coordinator, defensive end, outside linebacker coach, joining us from his office over at East Carolina. Coach, when you look at Gardner-Webb, is the first thing you look at the film from the App State game because you've, you're already familiar with that film? Yeah, so you saw it. You couldn't help but see it last week. I'm, you know, really the opposite side of the football. So I got a chance to see Gardner-Webb on special teams. I got a chance to see them uh, on defense. And they play hard. They've got skill. This is a good football team that you you rattled their scores off. Well, those are all 
close football games. That App State game was a lot like ours. They had a chance late in that football game to come out with a big win on the road for them. Um, this is a good football team that really got our kids' attention last week watching crossover film. Yeah, that was my next point. The guys have already seen some of that film as well, and they understand that you know this is a, an FCS a team that comes to town. But uh, those of us that have been here a while, we're here when a team coached by Mike Houston and James Madison came to town and put it to East Carolina. Gardner Webb's not as good as that James Madison team by far, but still, it's a formidable opponent. This is a good football team, and and we are just not that organization here at ECU. You start looking by opponents. You know, the, you, you've been over here, Brian, yeah. around our program and our kids. We're going to play hard every single game. We are no, in no no way, shape, or form in position uh, to think just because we roll the ball out there, we've got to win in front of us. Our kids are going to come to work this week and prepare their tails off, and then uh, we're going to celebrate that on Saturday. It just happens to be against Gardner-Webb. When you're looking at a tape on uh, special teams and some of the things that you'd like to try, is it a process where you're kind of looking at gap spacing and uh, formations and that kind of thing to see, you know, do I want to try a fake punt maybe in a certain situation or do I want to try a fake field goal in a certain situation or, you know, are, are there are there red lights that go off and you're like, hey, you notice this guy, he cheats like crazy on this side. How does that all come into play? But, you know, there's a balance between what you do and what they do. You know, you want to make sure, identify what their schemes are uh, and are they sound and make sure what you do against them, you know, allows your kids to line up and execute at full speed and be sound yourself. You know, in our return units, uh, we want to make sure at the end of the day we get the ball back for our offense. Um, and as you line up, how can we create some leverages and uh, to operate good blocks and have leverages in the return game um, and see if maybe we can see what we see is maybe something they don't do as well or might lend our hand uh, to do a good job on that. But you better be sound and kick return and punt return. And at the end of the day, make sure the ball is ours. You know, when you talk about our coverage units with punt and kickoff, you always have to identify, you know, what is the personality of the team you're going against. Um, and, and make sure that you're sound, you can protect all your punts, uh, and make sure you're getting that punt placement where you want it so we can cover it. Same with kickoff. You know, we just faced a very good kickoff return unit in App State. You know, we're saying, okay, what do they like to do? What is Gardner-Webb's favorite uh, returns that they use? Where can we line up our kids to maybe keep Gardner-Webb off balance a little bit? But at the same time, allowing our kids to go full speed and execute, you know. So you're just looking, making sure who are you playing against, you know, making sure you're sound, and at the end of the day, put your kids in position to know your scheme and execute full speed. I think you're starting to see that more and more every week with our special teams and our kids uh, know where to line up, know how to execute their, their job and any adjustments that need to be made. They're, they're ready to make them for us. They're coming off the field telling us, Hey, this is what I see. So their, their IQ is, is increasing week by week. So we can keep growing in those, in those facets. What's the process, Coach, when somebody does see something? Is there a special teams analyst you guys have or a defensive analyst? And, and somebody says, hey, do you notice that they do such and such? And then they come through and then you, Coach Tesh, you know, a couple other guys get together, look at some tape and say, hey, you know, we see this. And, and do, you, do you present a, a certain situation to Coach Houston to say, hey, if it's, if it's fourth and less than five and we're at, around midfield and they, they have a habit of lining up blah, 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 we think we can fake a punt and run it right up the middle and, and get the first down. I mean, how does that whole process go? 
Yeah, emphasis is the right word, Brian. And it starts uh, for us here in a little while, 45 minutes. We'll start our Monday meetings uh, where we all get in front of uh, uh, Coach Houston and present our units to him. And the full staff here, I would say here, Brian, it is, you know, everyone is involved with special teams. Um, it starts with Coach Houston and his emphasis with the time and the players that we invest in it, you know. And we each have a unit, Coach Weaver, myself, um, Coach um, Coach Roberts, uh, Coach Mogridge, we each have a unit. Uh, and then Coach DeWeen, our new analyst, has done a tremendous job preparing. When we get off, get in here on Sunday morning, he's already got the next opponent ready for us with what he sees, and we kind of go from there. Then we get into the game, and, and while a special team is going on, there is no offensive defense. All eyes are on deck. Um, to see what's going on in the field, you know, you have your scouting report, you know what you anticipate to happen. Did anything change? If so, what are the adjustments we need to make uh, to put ourselves in the best position? So, um, you know, it starts at the top with coach, like I said, and then everybody has their role, uh, knows their role, and does a very good job of communicating within games uh, to make sure that we put our kids in the right spots. Coach Weaver says all the good things that happen on the special teams he's responsible for. <laughs> well, you know, you know Trip. <laughs> he goes through life. You know? <laughs> Yeah, great guy. All right, so our kickoff team's pretty good. Exactly. So, so on game day, when you guys all have your headsets on and everything, and we get to that fourth and four or whatever, and we decided that we we think we can fake this punt, you know, what's the process there as far as getting word to Coach Houston, and then he makes the final call? Well, it's, it'll start here in this meeting here at one fifteen, um, and we start saying, "Hey, Coach, this is what I think in this scenario." If they give us this look, we want to do X, Y, Z to it. And, um, you know, you don't, the fourth down, it's too late. You know, I, I may grab coach uh, uh, on the headset on third down. Hey, what are you thinking here, coach? We might be approaching that situation. So, because uh, his mind's in, in a million places and he does a great job as a veteran coach, you know, knowing, hey, where he needs to be at the right time mentally. And, and then coach makes that decision. And relays that to us, and our kids are always chomping at the bit uh, to get that call and go execute because I think they go, they take the field uh, with a lot of confidence on special teams around here. Yeah, I think that's one of the most fascinating parts of, of being around the team because you know you guys won't give me a headset, which I'm going to steal one one of these days just to listen. But but it's just standing there and watching you know the things go on and seeing the wheels turn and 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 just trying to, to see. I wonder what they're talking about here. I wonder what they're going to do here, and then watching what actually happens. I mean, it's just really you know it's one of the magical things I think about the sport of football. But it really does a does a whole lot as far as just just trying because those those are key decisions and those are are you know winning plays and losing plays and and you know you got to happen don't you yeah you do and we got to make sure we add some more winning ones i think we're on the verge of some good things tim dow special teams coordinator defensive end outside linebacker coach joining us let's dive into gardner webb a little bit they have an outstanding running back in nari gaither had 152 yards in the tennessee state game 27 57 for his career what kind of running back is he fast (laughs) (laughs) and they've got two of them i mean his backup went for a couple touchdowns brown did against App state um, they're going to spread you out and give you a bunch of different formations and decide whether they want to throw it on the perimeter or slide one of these quick running backs uh, up through the hole. This is a dangerous offense, you know, a quarterback that operates extremely well um, and got guys to get the ball to, especially these running backs. But, uh, but you know, weapon number one uh, is the tailback position for these guys. 
at quarterback Gardner Webb with Matthew Caldwell, a transfer from Jacksonville State, 82 of 143, 736 yards, five touchdowns, just two picks, averaging about 245 yards per game. Seems like a very solid quarterback, on, at least on paper. He certainly he operates. <clears throat> he seems composed. Uh, he doesn't get rattled uh, when, when things don't go his way. He knows where to go with the football. You can almost predict it on film like, okay, he should throw it out here, and he does. He should hand it here, and he does. That's a smart quarterback that has an understanding for the offense, and, and that's exactly who he is. What else do you see on tape with Gardner-Webb and their offense that worries you as a defensive staff? Well, as, as they worry, you know, they, they just everyone's different, right? App State was going to run it right at you, and you knew it. Uh, Gardner-Webb is going to spread the entire football field, uh, similar to maybe uh, you know watch what people know about Tennessee's offense or the old Central Florida and this Josh Heupel. They're going to use all 53 and a third of the width of the football field to try to space you out to, to create uh, north-south lanes for their for their run game. Does that help an East Carolina defensive football team that has a lot of uh, speed, that has a lot of uh, length, that kind of thing? Well, I think the offensive philosophy behind it is, is trying to create space uh, to put stress on your defense to make tackles in space. And, and I know we do a tremendous job of working tackling around here. So I don't concern, but it's just that's the, the flavor of the week and what we have to identify. And, and we've got the tools in our toolbox, I think, defensively to line up and give ourselves a chance. The guys uh, in the program, Bus from Boone, actually stayed in Hickory, North Carolina. Bus from Boone after the games. You guys got back late on Saturday night. Uh, take us through what you guys go through on Sunday, the hours involved, and then go into Monday, and then take us a, a preview a little bit about what Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday looked like this week. Well, uh, you know, a normal Sunday around here, uh, we staff meet at 10.15, and everyone's already watched the film by then. Uh, and we, do, we, uh, we go over those. Those notes and comments from Coach at that 10:15 meeting, along with the injury report, um, and as we get meeting as a staff and review the film together to talk about anything that needs to be talked about as a big group, you know, maybe it's personnel, maybe it's scheme, uh, maybe you know, what did we do well in preparation? What could we have done better? You know, what do we do moving forward in certain situations? You know, trying to identify uh, what was that opponent trying to do to you, so you so you can learn and grow from those situations. Uh, while that's going on, our kids come in here and they, they lift on each side of the football. Um, and then we come in and we meet and we watch the film um, as a special team, as a whole team. And then we go side of the ball and uh, watch watch film with your position coach. We get out there and we have a, a brief practice, I don't know, uh, well, roughly. You know, I think it was about uh, just over an hour yesterday. Where we Sunday is a very big special teams day uh, for all of our kids. We go out there. And we practice uh, all the core fundamentals of special teams to start off practice. Uh, then we um, throw a little skelly, seven-on-seven, throwing the football. And uh, then we go in, uh, introduce the next opponent for the next 20 minutes, you know, on our separate fields, getting your feet wet, um, identifying what, you know, maybe the top run plays and formations and things that we need to do just to get a little introduction for the kids uh, before they have dinner on Sunday night. Today's the day off for our players. Obviously, not us coaches. You know, we, we stay pretty late on Sunday night, come in here pretty early on Monday mornings. Um, and then uh, they have academics. You know, we'll have academic meetings here at our 115 meeting. We'll meet with our academic staff to talk about each one of our kids on our roster. Um, if there's anything that needs to be addressed, it'll be addressed with those kids later on today. Um, 
then uh, we'll you know we'll stay pretty good tonight. So on Sunday night, Monday night, you have a pretty good idea what your base game plan is, and then you know get to execute it starting Tuesday is our heavy work day. Our kids will wear full pads and they get after each other. You know what we call our normal downs, first and second down, and put in our game plans on both sides of the football. We'll practice our coverage units, punt and kickoff practice every single Tuesday here, and field goal at the end of practice. Um, that's our big, big work day. Uh, and on Wednesday, we're still going after it pretty good around here because we don't know any other way. Um, we're going to work here, and our kids know it and embrace it, and then we're going to um, pay dividends for us in the long run. But we do uh, you know, fix things up, shine things up from Tuesday on offense and defense, and then uh, introduce third downs, uh, stopping them and gaining first downs on offense, obviously. And then we practice our return units, punt return and kick return on Wednesdays. And then, you know, Thursday it all comes together a little bit shorter practice, um, and we practice two minutes together in late-game situations on Thursday. Uh, Friday, a walk, walk through in meetings heavy on those days. You kind of practice less and meet more as you get as the week round winds down. Uh, but our routine stays the same on Friday, whether we, you know, like last week we were in Hickory. You know, this week, obviously, we're here at home. But we do our meetings right here in the building and then get on the bus and, and go from there. Before we let you go, Coach, let's go through some of your personnel as far as, uh, first of all, starting the defensive and outside linebacker room. Jeremy Lewis is off to a great, great start. Talk about some of the guys in your room. Yeah, Jeremy Lewis, backed up by Jack Powers, and then another kid in there, Sam Danka, um, had a great fall camp. and got to find more and more ways to get him on the field. But that, I'm very blessed. Um, in here in my third year, I've got some depth, two very good seniors, leaders on our football team, leaders on our defense, leaders in my position room. Jeremy has done a nice job, plays with a lot of injury, or excuse me, a lot of energy, a lot of energy and does a very good job. You know, we ask a lot out of that position. He can rush the passer. He can drop in coverage. He can do a lot of different things for us. He has a high football IQ, playing both sides of the football. You know, uh, been able to to keep him fresh this year because Jack Powers, um, you know, transferred over here last year and just been a complete blessing for our football team. He's probably one of, if not the best special teams player on the roster. Uh, and then plays a ton for us uh, at that position uh, as well on defense. On the other side, defensive end, you know, we've been fortunate, as coaches said in preseason, at the line of scrimmage, we've got some depth this year. You know, Chad Stevens has started every game for us, makes a, a lot of TFLs in every game, it seems like, no matter who we're playing. Uh, he's a tough object to move in there. Um, him and J.D. Lampley has moved out to that position because Coach Tesh has so much depth in his room. Those two played almost even reps through the first three football games. Um, but got some really good players behind them as well. Eric Doctor, another very good special teams player, a veteran player in our program. Uh, and Josiah Robinson um, is getting back into the fold here, doing a really nice job, gives us another element there on the edge. So I'm really lucky. Got a lot of guys that practice hard, and I say it to them. Um, I really enjoy coming to work and coaching those kids every day. They're fun to be around. I've covered Jeremy Lewis since his days at South Central, so I love him. Jack Powers, I met him last year, I guess. Met his dad, I believe it was at Freeboot Friday last week, but uh, he was very complimentary of some of the things that we were able to do around here and just uh, just a very, very nice man. And you could tell that he, uh, Jack Powers comes from a great family. You got it. They they make they are here every game. I, mean, I think his mom was here last week for the home game, and then she stayed in North Carolina all week and was one of the first faces I saw uh, in Boone after the game. Great people, love their sons. Um, so really fortunate to have people like that in the program. 
As far as your specialists go, talk a little bit about where the return game is right now. Are you happy with the return guys? Well, I think, you know, we're always going to grow. You put a return guy back there, but you better keep him clean. There's a lot of guys running down the field hunting after him. I think we're getting better. That's what I see. I see growth. I see kids that when you coach something, they give you good eyes and they want to get it fixed. So I think our the best is yet to come. And I know they have a belief, like I do, when you talk about our punt returner being just a Hatfield, if you give him space, he's got a chance to go. He had run one return last week from 11 yards, so that was good to see. Javius Bond is our, our main kick returner back there, and he's an electric, electric football player. Bond's going to break one soon, isn't he? It's just every time you ask the ball, I don't care where it is. He's like, man, oh man! I tell you what, Brian, you'll get to know him more and more. He's just a great kid. Yeah, always bright eyed. What can I do? You know, but he talks about he's also one of the best players on our kickoff team too. Uh, no matter what just happened on offense, um, and he, he did a great job against Marshall. I felt bad for their kick returner. Javius did a tremendous job. Um, just a great kid. So. I know your question was on the return guys, and there's good players right there. So um, the, the best, the future is bright with those units, I believe. Talked a little bit about the punting situation a little while ago, but have you been pleased with those guys? Well, I think we can always get better. I think this last Saturday was our most consistent performance where the ball was in the air and allowing us to cover it. <clears throat> we got to continue to grow with that. I think competition at that position with Luke and Archer through the summer and fall camp and into the season – that just makes everybody better. That's just human nature, right? You know, whether you're playing defensive end or you're playing kicker, punter, snapper, you, you got to know you got to come to work every day. And I think it has brought the best out. <clears throat> excuse me, the best out in Luke. So excited for the for the rest of the year for him. Do they compete during the week for the punting job, or is it one of those things as you talked about earlier? Depending on the punting situation that you see, the team you're playing, one of those guys might adapt better. Well, no, it, you know, there's always healthy competition around here. You can't have a bad week or a bad day uh, of practice because our program's growing to the spot where we can to get a lot of positions, can, can get a good player in there. So competition, uh, yeah, I would say it's more of a competition. They both know they need to execute whatever scheme is best for our football team. And a kicker, Andrew Conrad, how do you feel that he's done so far? Well, two, two kickers, we split it. Yeah, that's true. Andrew does the, Andrew does the field goals and extra points. As he wrote, you know, finished up last year strong with us, had a bunch of points in the bowl game. You know, we've been um, 100% inside a 45-yard line, and that's what it has to be. That's our goal every year, 100% PAT, 100% inside of 45. And we've been able to do that. And, and I think we're getting a little uh, greedy for the right reasons. I think Andrew and the other kickers have the skill set where we tried them out there for a 51-yarder at Michigan and a 47-yarder against Marshall, and both those kicks, I guess people say he had a chance. They certainly did, and no one's more disappointed than Andrew that he didn't cash in on him, and he will moving forward. He has a skill set. You know, when that ball crosses the 30, what coach can give Coach K the green light to go for it in those type of situations, also knowing that we can have some good uh, sure points out of our field goal team as well. So I, I think we're trending the right direction there. As far as kickoffs go, I mean, Lay's margin needs to get talked about a little bit more, actually. I mean, that kickoff team, gets to cover kicks that are in the air for a long time, just like we spoke about with the punt team. The longer that punt, that ball's in the air, it has to be hanging as well so they can cover it. And he has done that extremely well. Kind of had his first miss in the year, and you saw App had their, you know, a good return over the 35-yard line. That is not the normal for us. We lined up the next time and kicked it deep again, and we, I think we tackled him on the 21-yard line. 
Um, he does a great job. Those kids believe in him, and then they, they go hunt on that kickoff team. Just ask Coach Weaver, right? <laughs> exactly. I was going to say the same thing. Oh, you stole that one. All right. Wrapping things up with Tim Dow, special teams coordinator, defensive end, outside linebacker coach. Uh, just got word in the Rice kickoff time, 7 o'clock Eastern. So uh, so that's some good news, Coach. It won't be too late of a, of a night, right? Too late of a night? That's on the road, isn't it? Yeah, it's on the road, but still, it's it's 7 Eastern. That's, what, 5 o'clock Texas time, I think? Uh, 6 o'clock. 6 o'clock. There's Central time. I'm going to sit down there. It's only an hour? Oh, it's only an hour. I've been through a long week, man. I can't even count. (laughs) All right. But anyway, my point was it's not going to be that long of a night. So it's 7 o'clock start time for East Carolina and the Rice Owls coming up uh, after the game with the uh, running Bulldogs of Gardner-Webb. All right, let's wrap things up with Coach Dallas. Coach, what's it going to take for East Carolina to get one in the win column this week? Just let's start stacking good days in practice, which we have done. I I really believe this group – comes to work every day and has good weeks of practice, not just execute on Saturdays, be the best version of themselves. Let's just live in the moment, execute the little details. And I think it's, you know, it's going to be one win after another and the confidence around here will be sky high and, and we'll be, we'll, this, these losses will be in the rearview mirror where they should be. There you go. Tim Dallas joining us. Coach, thanks so much for joining us on this Monday. We certainly appreciate you each and every year. And best of luck to uh, you, your defensive ends, your outside linebackers, and all those special teamers. Hey, thanks, Brian. Appreciate you, buddy. Appreciate you. Tim Dows joining us uh, here on the Brian Bailey Show. We'll take a commercial break right now, and then we'll continue on as we uh, get you ready for this football week. Pirates and Gardner-Webb, 6 o'clock kickoff. Pirates and Rice the next week, 7 o'clock kickoff. Back with more after this. I'm Michael Vaughn with East Coast Grading and Utilities. Many of you know my dad, David Vaughn, and his work in putting in subdivisions all over Pirate Nation. But East Coast Grading and Utilities is not just for those type of big jobs. We're here for the homeowners, whether it's concrete, driveways, hauling rock or sand, whatever you need, East Coast Grading and Utilities can get the job done. Call us at 252-531-7494 or check us out on Facebook at East Coast Grading and Utilities. Papa John's new garlic epic stuffed crust pizza is the pizza inspired by our biggest fans with that garlic flavor you all love. Get it on it with it. Get the new garlic epic stuffed crust pizza for $13.99 only at Papa John's. Hey, Pirate fans, Papa John's is the MVP move for game day or any day. Place your order online at papajohns.com and sign up for Papa Rewards. Papa John's, better ingredients, better pizza. Go Pirates! It's hard to forget how hot it gets around here in the summer. Remember, the hotter it is outside, the harder your AC has to work to keep it cool inside. And the more energy it uses to keep you cool, the higher your utility bill will be. Your neighbors at GUC have tips to help you reduce your energy use, such as using fans to cool you down inside and cooking outside when you can in the summer. For more tips, go to GUC.com and look for ways to save. 
Hey you. Yeah you. Have you heard? Green Velado World is under new ownership and is now part of the DriveHereNow.com network. DriveHereNow.com is run by local people who buy, service, detail, and sell everything directly to you. Green Velado World is now the fifth dealership to join the DriveHereNow.com network. Get car shopping today at DriveHereNow.com and choose a location near you. DriveHereNow.com, serving Eastern North Carolina for over 47 years and proud supporter of the Pirates. Attention athletes and fans. Tiebreakers is looking for all-stars. Do you know an athlete who made a game-winning play, scored an amazing touchdown, or hit a huge home run? We're scouting Eastern North Carolina for this month's most outstanding athlete. Go to tiebreakersathlete.com to nominate your favorite player for the prestigious Athlete of the Month Award. Tiebreakers, shining a light on the athletes that make Eastern North Carolina proud. Submit your nomination now at tiebreakersathlete.com. Hey, John, I uh, see your new system's having issues already. Yeah, I used the other guy with an AC brand I've never heard of. You should have used Delcor, John. They install train. It's hard to stop a train. I know, but the other guy was cheaper. Cheaper isn't better, John. I know. I know. Don't use the other guy. Call Delcor. For a limited time, buy a new train system and pay 0% interest for 12 months. Visit Delcor.com for more details. Delcor, the service professionals. This is Coach Blake Carroll, defense coordinator for East Carolina football. And you're listening to Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities. Community-owned, community-powered. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back to our show as we continue on on this Monday. East Carolina and Gardner-Webb to come. Coming up, 6 o'clock kickoff, the Bud Light pregame tailgate would kick off, if my math is right, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. You know, I watched the Cowboys all my life, and I know Central Time, and I was looking at that Rice kickoff and trying to analyze it, and it just didn't come out right. But the Rice and East Carolina, 7 o'clock kickoff Eastern Time, so that'll be a 6 o'clock kickoff in Texas, in Houston, Texas, East Carolina and Rice after the upcoming game with Gardner-Webb. Clip Rock is also with us. Uh, I got to get you on for a little bit to talk about your commanders yesterday, the Commodores, with uh, just an amazing game. I mean, they're, they're, just, they're just fun to watch. That was, that was, that was something else. The, the, my worst fear is the Hail Mary because I hate them. And, and it doesn't, it, they're, you know, usually it doesn't work out, but every once in a while something odd happens, and I would have loved to have been beside you Watching that game when that happened, uh, yeah. Did you go nuts? I, did you I, I, did you throw stuff? Did you break a TV? I think I just had head head and hands saying, "Oh my God, no, <laughs> no, 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 no." And I, I well, the good thing Russell, is though, you still had a two to get through. So that's you, the yeah, only yeah. thing yeah. I felt decent about. So 1995, it was the first year I started following every Washington game. I remember listening on the radio to John Elway hitting rookie Rod Smith with a hail mary in Mile High to beat the uh washington redskins wow so like i thought about that 1995 that's great elway to rod smith at the end of the game walk off touchdown so i was thinking about that i was thinking about russell wilson magic i was like are we really gonna blow this comeback but they got it done pass interference or whatever i don't care (laughs) 
We'll take it. You know, pass interference to me is it's it's almost like when the play happens, like most of the time it's 50-50. Either the some guys are gonna call it, some guys aren't. I've seen that play called a thousand times, but I've seen that play not called pass interference a bunch of times. So I, I think it's one of those plays where if, if it had been a team I was rooting for, I'd been holding my breath and looking around for flags. But we were watching Baylor, Utah last Saturday. Jason Nichols was in here and and they were screaming for a flag at the end of the game. And I said, Jason, is that one of those where if it's 10 minutes left to go in the second quarter, they call it? But since right. the last play they don't, he said, probably so, and it yeah. shouldn't be that it way. It shouldn't be that but way. But it is that way. It's pass interference, whether it is yeah. or whether it isn't. Uh, we, had, we had at least one comment during the show. Uh, Zach commented, learning how to win in the fifth year of this coaching staff is mind-blowing. Well, yeah. you know, you don't get the same guys every year. That That's kind of my point. You know, you don't get – it's not like the NFL where you have your same basic package. Now, granted, you, you can yeah, – everybody has an opinion. Zach, I'm glad you have yours. Glad you were listening. Glad you at least commented once. But I think teams, you know, are, are different entities of themselves every year. And some teams, you know, the Pirates have made enough winning plays to stay in two games in a row through about two quarters and a half, three quarters. And then it just hasn't, you know, gone their way at the end. And I think that, that if everything goes the way this coaching staff hopes it goes, they'll turn things around, get some wins, get some confidence. And as, as Coach Dow said, those losses will be in the rearview mirror. Yeah, I mean, as bad as they've looked, they have blown two second half leads. They've had right. their second half lead in both of those games, and uh, which is hard to believe when you think about. I it. know because yeah. it has been ugly, and and also the first time I've ever said this sentence, Bailey, that. Uh, the guy that threw three interceptions and no touchdowns uh, ha- has earned the starting job. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and I thought I thought he threw some really nice balls yeah. in that first half. And I thought, you know, it, it reminded me, and you'll laugh, but it reminded me of remember the Titans, and we used that before through the years. But but hey, we got ourselves a football player yeah. because you know, and he did some of the interceptions. You know, I'm just wondering what the play call was, why we, why you're trying to do that particular thing. Uh, that kind of thing, but uh, I, I think with his scrambling ability, the way he runs the team, I think he, he I think he's earned the job for for game four uh, and to see what happens with Gardner yeah, Webb. I agree. Uh, we moved the ball. Uh, yeah. we, we, and again, we only scored fourteen offensively, but more than they've done the previous weeks. So. Hard to believe the Pirates are dead last in the country on off total. Is it total offense or scoring? I think it's scoring offense. I've been scared to look. Yeah, but I mean, it's just, it's really, it's, it's really mind blowing because we all know the offense works. It has worked in the past. It's not working, but it's not working now. I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying, Hey, it's working right now, but, but it has worked. And you know, they've, they've got a lot of work to do on that side. What's encouraging though, Blake Harold preaches that defense to take it away. And man, when you get two defensive touchdowns like that, that's, that's a huge positive for this team. No doubt out and uh felt like it was going to be enough to maybe get him a road win but uh was not and that's the second second straight game too where the defense has been on the field a lot in the second half and it showed and and they i don't know if they're getting worn down but it certainly appears that way with the way they're giving up big plays late in uh games yeah it's very difficult when that defense is on the field for for that long but hopefully gardner webb comes to town and i'm not you know i don't think anybody in that office over there at east carolina is thinking that this is going to be an easy one to win uh, they know they've got to go out and play pirate football they've got to create turnovers and they've got to get the running game going and they got flynn's going to have to play you know a little bit better than he did this past past week for the Pirates to get a win even though this is Gardner-Webb and this is a pretty good Gardner-Webb football team yeah they were receiving votes for the FCS poll last week and then they lost by two I think to Tennessee Tennessee State 27-25 on a 50-yard field goal lost uh, that one so they're not going to be 
in the it could have been a ranked team coming here yeah. but they lose that one but yeah i mean right now you can't take anybody for granted you're looking for win number one this year that's exactly right all right let's take one final break here on the brian bailey show and then we'll come back and we'll wrap up this edition get you ready for the week ahead in sports and in football back with more after this The Angus Grill is your premier spot for the best burgers, cheesesteaks, and brisket sandwiches around. Join us for our unmatched variety of burger combinations. From the mushroom bacon Swiss burger to the jalapeno popper burger to the original Angus Classic. Pair that burger with our amazing onion rings, tots, fries, or sweet potato fries. Angus Grill, with four amazing locations in eastern North Carolina, including Winterville near Pitt Community College, on Jarvis Street in uptown Greenville, and on Statensburg Road near the hospital. It's the best burger around, guaranteed. Hey, Miles, isn't it amazing to think our family has been distributing soft drinks since 1923? It certainly is, Landon. And with that comes a lot of change. But what hasn't changed is our dedication and commitment to our customers. I'm Miles Menjis. And I'm Landon Menjis with Menjis Bottling Group. Our family has taken great pride in refreshing our neighbors, and we are proud to have remained locally owned and operated for over a century. From our family to yours, we say thank you and are honored to be a part of this wonderful community. Here's to 100 as we celebrate our employees and our customers all over East North Carolina. From generations before us and to future generations. Cheers to the next 100 years. Cheers to the next 100 years. It's bow time. Chicken or biscuits? That's an impossible choice. How can you decide between Bojangles' perfectly crispy, boldly seasoned chicken or their fluffy, made-from-scratch buttermilk biscuits? Well, the good news is you don't have to. With a Cajun chicken filet biscuit, you get the best of both worlds. An all-white meat chicken breast marinated with a bold blend of seasonings and served up on a fluffy, golden buttermilk biscuit. When it comes to real-deal southern flavor, there's no reason you can't have it all. Order a Cajun chicken filet biscuit today. It's bow time. Here at Brown and Wood with Jeff Stein. Jeff, I've noticed a lot of great GMC pickup trucks on the lot. Yes, sir. We have 2500s and 1500s in stock and the all-new 3.0 Duramax diesel. We earn 30 extra trucks on allocation, so go online, brownandwood.com, or stop in, build your truck. We'll get it coming for you. Brown and Wood, voted number one by the customer in Greenville. Four brands, three generations, two rooftops, and one goal to make sure you leave a happy customer. Already planning for some fun in the sun? Don't forget to fill your cooler with the smooth and refreshing taste of Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea. Twisted Tea tastes like real iced tea because it's made with real brewed tea. And with 5% alcohol, Twisted Tea is there to turn things up all day long. Twisted Tea Hard Iced Tea. Look for it in the bright yellow cans. Keep it twisted. Twisted Tea Brewing Company, Cincinnati, Ohio. Please drink responsibly. Well... If it isn't the Pirate Captain. Pirate Radio. The beard's looking great, my man. The voice of the Pirate Nation. You're listening to The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities, providing reliable utility solutions to the Greenville region since 1905. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back as we wrap up this edition of The Brian Bailey Show. East Carolina 0-3, Gardner-Webb 1-2, 6 o'clock kickoff coming up at Dottie Ficklin Stadium on Saturday. Hope we'll have a great weather day. Folks, get out and tailgate and get set for some Pirates football as the Pirates try to turn this season around with win number one against the running Bulldogs. I want to thank Tim Douse, special 
Special teams coordinator, defensive end, outside linebacker coach for joining us with some great insight on the loss to Appalachian State and, of course, previewing the matchup with the running Bulldogs of Gardner-Webb. That's our show for this Monday. We'll see you back here next week on The Brian Bailey Show. This has been The Brian Bailey Show, powered by Greenville Utilities and also brought to you by The Angus Grill, Bostic Sug, Bojangles, East Coast Grading, Gavigan Insurance, Greenville Auto World, Papa John's, Greenville Utility Company, Pepsi, The Rick House, Taft Taft and Hagler, and Tiebreakers. Join us next week for another edition of The Brian Bailey Show, right here on Pirate Radio, 